In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's an old saying we've probably all heard before, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And of course there's wisdom in those words, but it's not always true if you think about it, is it? History, especially Old Testament history, is full of people repeating the same exact mistakes over and over and over again. Adam and Eve rebelled against God and fell in sin. Cain rebelled against God by murdering his own brother. From Adam to Noah, generation after generation, they all rebelled against God. Then after the flood, did God's people, the people of the world, learn from history? No. They built a tower. They built their city of rebellion on bricks and mortar and, of course, their own pride, too. Come, let us build ourselves a city, they said, and a tower, and its top will reach to the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. See the pattern there? After story, after story, after story, opening chapters of Genesis all the way up to 11 and beyond, it's a story of rebellion, and a story of, really, separation from God. Humanity and God separated. And humanity, man from man and woman from woman, separated from each other in sin. In fact, if you want to know what sinful humanity is like, look at Genesis 11. Let us make a name for ourselves, they said. You see, up until this point in Genesis, names are always given by God to others. Not taken or made for yourself. So God named Adam. Adam named Eve. Adam named the animals. You see, a name like God's grace is a gift. It's given to you, not taken for yourself. And so, it is a gift received, not earned. But like the architects of Babel, sin, of course, turns us and curves us inward on ourselves, makes us prideful, arrogant, usurpers of God's gifts. Everything becomes about us, my kingdom come, my will be done, my body, my choice, so on. Like the confused people of Babel were constantly reaching up to God, trying to build ladders up to impress Him. And then we can also look down on our neighbors, too, at the same time. Of course, the irony of all of this is that while the tower kept being built up, 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 it was never high enough. God still had to come down the Lord came down to see the city, Moses writes in Genesis, that the children of man had built. And so the Lord said, after seeing this, Behold, they're one people. They have one language. This is only the beginning of what they will purpose to accomplish and do. Same is true for us, too. We come to God not by our own strength or reason, but God must come down to us. Just like at Babel, God came down, and though it seems like a punishment, and it is, it's also an act of gracious forbearance, God unbuilt their rebellious unity. Come, let us come down and confuse their language, the Lord said, that they may not understand one another's speech. And so the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. That's why it was called Babel, for there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And the Lord dispersed people from there over all the earth. Now you think, what does all of this Tower of Babel and Old Testament stuff have to do with Pentecost? Well, it has everything to do with it. Because Genesis 11 is the Old Testament background 
for the day we celebrate today of Pentecost. With Babel in the background and having heard that story, we, we have a fuller, more complete picture of what our Lord does for us in His church at Pentecost. Because Pentecost happens to be the complete and total and gracious reversal of everything that happened at Babel. You see, at Babel, everyone was gathered together for their own selfish, evil purposes, to make a name for themselves. And eventually, their worst fears came true. There was confusion. They were dispersed. There was division and disunity. And they were scattered. But at Pentecost, God's people are gathered together in Jerusalem to celebrate and remember the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. And while they were gathered together to celebrate the Lord giving the law, God sent down His Holy Spirit to point the hearts and minds and ears of all the people gathered there to the good and great news that the law had already been kept and fulfilled in Jesus, that the law that thundered at Sinai had been fulfilled and answered on Mount Calvary for them and for all people and for you. You see, in Jesus' life and death and resurrection, the law is completed, fulfilled, every jot and tittle, every I crossed and T dotted. The Lord fulfilled it all. He accomplished it. Pentecost is Babel reversed, where the curse of Babel becomes undone, where we who were separated from God by sin are reunited together, redeemed, rescued by the Son who is crucified and risen, we can't, and we don't need to, build ladders to God. Because Jesus comes down to us. The Holy Spirit is sent, the Lord and giver of life as we confess in the Creed, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He comes down to you. And He gives our Lord's gifts to you. Faith in Christ, pointing Jesus and pointing you to Jesus in Him giving you the greatest name of all names, a baptized, redeemed child of God. And so where there was division of languages at Babel, the disciples now at Pentecost are filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone is able to hear the gospel, each in his own language. Where there was disunity at Babel, now at Pentecost, our Lord declares the good news that we are united not by what we do or say or think or feel, but by the embrace of Jesus Christ who has delivered us from death to life in His death and resurrection for us. Where there was separation at Babel, that separation from sin, here at Pentecost, our Lord gathers us together, reunites us in His Son by sending the Holy Spirit to bring us to Jesus who brings us back to the Father. Where there was complete and utter confusion at Babel, God pours out His Holy Spirit at Pentecost that we might receive the same promised Holy Spirit that Jesus gave His disciples, that He pours out on His church wherever His Word, wherever His sacraments, wherever His gifts are given, as they are today and always here in His house. That word that Jesus said to his disciples in John 14 as he's in the upper room just a day before he goes to the cross. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You see the people of Babel where they wanted to make a name for themselves. Peter now proclaims whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
And so where the people of Babel made a tower to try to climb up to God on Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate and we give thanks to God for sending the Holy Spirit to descend upon His church at Pentecost to pour out His gifts of life and faith and salvation to us, to point us to Jesus who also came down to dwell in a manger, to dwell and die on a cross for you, to save you, to come down with His Word and Supper as He does this day and all days where we're gathered together. His Word, His water, His body and blood filled with His life-giving Spirit is life and salvation, one for you. So a blessed and joyous Pentecost Sunday to each of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.